Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. He's telling us that He has a boundless driven, motivated love for us. None of us deserve that. And as sinful as we are, what an awesome God we have that he would love us to extend his, not just his love, because that's what we do here. Oh, I love y'all. I love y'all. You're, you're, you're my friends. But what about Kessid love? Man, I will do anything for you. That's Kessid love. You know, you got those people that come to church and they don't really talk to anybody and then they leave and go home. Yeah, yeah, I like you and all that, but where's the Kessid love? We need Kessid love in the church. We also need Kessid disgust towards sin that tries to come in here too. Just the same. It's the same drive. Thank you, God, for your Kessid love and thank you, God, for your Kessid disgust at my sin because he dealt with me on that. It's so good. I'll leave you to digest the rest of it. I did the best I can, my redneck mind, okay? The fifth one, Shema. Shema. Kind of reminds me of Shalom. Shema. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, Shema. Hear. Shema, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. So what do you think Shema means? Shema means to hear, to listen. But let's go deeper. I just went deeper on you with Kesed. Let's go deeper in Shema. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a lot of different versions of variations of hearing. <laughs> Shema is generally translated here, but I can I could I could stick my head out the door and and hear the cars. You know, I, I hear birds chirping when I'm outside. And uh, you know, I could maybe hear a TV if it was playing down the hallway. If the word Shema is used to call the attention of the people of Israel to their God, and then it's followed by informing them that their lives should be a walking testament to God himself, then the word here doesn't quite convey the idea, does it? There needs to be more than just here, more than just, oh, yeah, the fan, you know, the cars, birds. I, all. No, there, it's calling to listen up, listen closely. In the Bible, Shema is also translated as report. It's also uh, is translated as fame. It's also loud, and it also means speech, Shema. So Shema is a word that demands an action and response. You heard, now you need to do something about it. It's a command, Shema. It's a command to not only hear the words that God is saying, but for you to act on them too. It's like when you tell your kids to clean up the room, they go, oh yeah, well, a minute. And they're not cleaning the room. Well, they didn't really act on what you said. They heard you, but they didn't shema you. <laughs> you know, I want you to shema me. Listen to me. You 
tell them to do something, your meaning when you tell them is for them to stop what they're doing, to listen and hear what you say with the expectation that they are going to internalize what you said, and then they're going to do what you told them. That is Shema. So this is a meaning that Shema can have. Guys, we need to hear God's word. You need to hear God's word, not like cars and birds and fans and stuff going in all that. You need to hear it. You need to hear God's word. You need to spend time in prayer with God's word enough to internalize what God said so that you can actually do it. You need to hear God's word, not like cars and birds and fans and stuff going in all that. You need to hear it. You need to hear God's word. You need to spend time in prayer with God's word enough to internalize what God said so that you can actually do it and apply it to your daily life. We need to hear God's word at the level of Shema is how we need to hear his word. I know it's tempting to daydream. I know sometimes I'm boring when I try to speak. I'm doing the best I can. But we need to have a discipline to learn Shema, how to hear God's word. Now, after saying all that, you ought to be saying the next word I've got for you. Amen. Amen. Everybody knows this one. Amen. But in Hebrew, it's Amen. Amen. You may hear somebody after prayer say, Amen. That's okay. They're probably Jewish. Or they just want to say it in the correct Hebrew, I guess. Amen means so be it. So be it. After a prayer, we say amen. That means you affirm it. I affirm that prayer. I agree with that prayer. Amen. Its root word is the word, I, I don't know how to say it, am, amen, I guess. Am, amen. It looks like it's spelled A-M-A-N, like amen. So I'm just going to say amen, which means to confirm it, to confirm it or to support it. So if I say a prayer and you say amen, if you're going to say amen, I assume that you're supporting what I just said. Amen? <laughs> okay. <laughs> amen, right? So you're going to support what I said. A related word is amana. Amana, I guess. Amana, which means truthfulness. It means confirmation, credence, or belief. And I say a prayer and you say amen or amen means I confirm that. I will confirm that with you. I walk with it. By saying amen, amen, we're stating that we confirm what has been said. We confirm we agree with it. We believe in it. We find it to be truthful. That is a truthful prayer. I confirm that in my life because I believe it. Oftentimes, somebody, you know, especially in Baptist churches, if you've been to one, pastor will be preaching, and right in the middle of the sermon, somebody will go, amen. I've seen, I remember people always doing that every night. Amen. They do that. When somebody does that, that means that what the pastor's saying resonates with them and they're confirming it before the body of Christ. When you're driving a point, somebody says, Amen. He's reinforcing to the body of Christ. Yes, I agree with this. That is truth. I believe it. Amen. And so you hear that often an amen or an amen during a service. Flip to the back, back, backediest back of back end of your Bible that you got. The last word in the whole Bible is amen. It's amen. The Bible is saying at the very end, this whole thing 
is confirmed. This whole thing is established. It is true, and it's faithful. You can believe in it. It affirms that the message of truth that you read, so be it. It is good. Revelation 22 and 21. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. Yes, I, if there's any verse I want to agree with and affirm, it's going to be that one. I want Jesus with me. I'm going to affirm that one to the end, okay? Friends, this is God's word being in agreement. This is God himself saying that even he agrees with Jesus being with us. I'm glad God agrees with Jesus being with me because I want the same thing. So if God says, Jesus, be with you all, and he says, I affirm that, that it is true and that it is good, that I'm going to say amen to that myself because I think it's good also. Amen. Amen. Amen is also translated as truth. Amen is truth. So you, if somebody says something and, and, or closes a prayer, you can say truth, man. That's truth right there. Amen means truth. Isaiah 65 and 16 says, so that he who blesses himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. Amen. Same thing, truth. And he who swears in the earth shall swear by the God of truth. That word there is amen. Shall swear by the God of amen. Because the former troubles are forgotten and because they are hidden from my eyes. So each time you see that word truth in there, that's amen. The God of amen. You ever heard of the God of amen? The God of truth, the God of established truth. Whoa, look at that. That was a good spin, wasn't it? The Hebrew word of amen. And we just read twice here that God is the God of truth, the God of amen. So we are to understand that truth is one of God's character traits. You know, you look at somebody and you say, well, there's some traits about Sandy that I really, really like. There's some truths about uh, Mike and there's truths about Edward and there's truths about Lewis. I mean, aspects about Lewis. There's things that make up Lewis's character or Mike's character, Anna's character, things about him. Truth is one of God's character attributes. It's built into him. It's the way he is. It's truth. He's the God of Amen. He's also the God of confirmation. He confirms things. He makes covenants with us, and he confirms they will happen. He makes prophecies. Then he makes those prophecies confirmed. He's a God of confirmation. He's the God of Amen. He is the God of faithfulness. He's the God of support. And he affirms every truth that he puts in his word. He is the God of Amen. Amen? <laughs> Isn't that good? I think I heard that everybody on that one. That was cool. How privileged we are to have a God like this, a God like this that affirms everything. Now, here's a good one. Mashiach, Mashiach, Mashiach. I'm going to redneck it. Mashiach, Mashiach, Mashiach. This word can be translated as simply Messiah, Messiah. If you were to say Jesus, the Messiah, you would say Yeshua Ha Mashiach. So get used to saying that. If you're not used to saying that, remember Yeshua HaMashiach. That's Jesus Christ. That is, Christ means Messiah. Jesus the Messiah is Yeshua HaMashiach. But literally, Mashiach means anointed one. So most places in our English Bible, in our limited English, it just says anointed one. Now, if it says anointed one, you could say Mashiach. You could say it means uh, Messiah right there. Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the anointed one. 
But what does anointed mean? What does it mean, anointed one? What does that really mean? Well, in the old days, in the ancient times, when you set somebody apart for service to God, you anointed them with oil. And that's in Exodus 29, 7. It says, you shall take the anointing oil, pour it on his head, and anoint him. So a priest or the king or somebody, when you were setting them apart for, for service, you would pour oil, and it would talk about it. It ran down Aaron's beard, and you would, you would cover them. And it was a picture of the Holy Spirit, a covering. So King Saul, King David, they were anointed with oil because they were being set apart for special service to God because they were going to lead the nation of Israel. And there was also prophecy in the Old Testament that speaks of Jesus as Mashiach, of, the, of Jesus as being the anointed one. Here's Daniel 9.25. Says, know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah, Mashiach, the prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall even in troublesome times. We read that we read that passage recently in our Nehemiah study. So Mashiach in this verse usually translated as Messiah in our books rather than anointed one, but the Hebrew word is the same. Jesus Christ is our Mashiach. He is the Mashiach of the Jews. He's the Messiah. He has been anointed by God. He was chosen and appointed to be both our king and our high priest, set apart to do special work under, under the Lord. Now, here's another one, the eighth one, Ra, pronounced Ra. <laughs> okay. Ra, I think it's Ra, I, I'm not sure, but my, my Texanism is going to call it Ra. And I know you've heard of Ra before in a not-so-good term. Like maybe I, it sounds like the sun god Ra that you know I've heard about. Well, that means evil. It means evil. It means harm. It means displeasure, misery. It also conveys an aspect of brokenness. Ra, broken, bad broken. It can mean something's broken into pieces, like when something is completely ruined, is completely blemished. And when things are broken like this, that means it could also uh, mean that it is unfit for presentation to God. Ra. Genesis 41. If you remember reading about those impoverished cows that were in Pharaoh's dream, they were very, they were skin and bones, nothing, and uh, they were described by the word Ra. The way these cows were broken and blemished, and they were they were in misery. They were is terrible. It's wicked. The tree in the Garden of Eden that we know of as the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you remember that Adam and Eve story, there that was also it was known as the tree of the knowledge of good and raw, good and evil. So we should understand that disobedience to God is sin. We know that, but when people don't understand the brokenness of sin, when people don't understand the raw of sin, then they don't see a reason to need Jesus as their Savior. You know, there's a lot of people, they know sin is sin. Oh, I really shouldn't do this, but whatever. They don't understand the raw that comes with it. When you sin, it brings a flood of consequences that are just terrible. They, they destroy. They don't understand the raw. These are people that don't understand brokenness. They, they will say, well, I've done bad things, but I'm a pretty good person. You ever talk to those guys? If you get to heaven, why should God let you in? Well, you know, I've, I've done some bad things, but I'm a pretty good person. I'm a good person. They don't understand raw. 
these people believe sins just you know it's just part of who we are but god sees them as being better as someone who's really bad i've done some bad things i'm pretty good i mean gosh i'm not hitler okay now hitler was really bad and the bible says we've all fallen short of the glory of god romans 3:23 we've all blown it whether you're hitler or me and god is just so glorious god is so absolutely perfect he's too holy for us that even the best people who ever, ever lived on this earth will never measure up to him. The best person will never measure up to how good God is. So God is not going to compare you to the really bad people and go, you know what, compared to, compared to that guy, you're actually, you are pretty good. God's not going to compare you to people and give you a pass. God is going to compare you to himself. That's where the kicker is. He's not going to say, well, you're all, you were a thousand times better than what's his name was back in the year, whatever, or Hitler again, or what? He's not going to compare you based on people. He's going to compare you based on him, on himself as the standard. God himself will compare us to him on judgment day. And since we have absolutely zero hope whatsoever of measuring up to his high standard, that's when we realize we need Jesus. That's when we realize the raw and think, oh my gosh, I need a savior because I blew it. A lot of people need to realize the raw. People need to realize that Jesus is the only perfect man who ever lived, who died as our substitute and paid our death penalty for us. Now, we have got to realize the raw in us. We've got to realize the blemish, the miserable, the broken, the brokenness, the, the bad in us, the completely ruined. We are completely unfit for presentation before God. You don't bring before a king something like what we have been in our sin. You don't do that. But when we finally get to the point of being devastated by our raw, that is when we can finally humbly approach God through Jesus Christ. We need to help people realize the raw, the brokenness, the unfitness to be presented before God because of our sin. And we need to learn from our raw. We need to learn how to have a genuine, real repentance, not just there I said it, Got my bus ticket punch, let me in. No, there needs to be a real, I'm sorry with our raw. We have to be sorry for what we've done wrong to be saved by Yeshua HaMashiach, who saved us because he was driven, kessed. He was driven, kessed, loving kindness to remove us from our raw and replace it with shalom, peace to make us clean, unblemished, and acceptable, and perfect in the eyes of Father God, who is going to compare us not to ourselves or anybody else, but he's going to compare us to the righteousness of his son Jesus, which makes us fit for presentation before God and makes us fit for fellowship with God. And to all this good gospel news, I say hallelujah. <laughs> And I hope you all affirm this truth by saying with me, Amen. Isn't that good? So this is a message that I hope you hear with Shema. 
that I hope you don't just hear it, but you get out there and do it. It requires a reaction from us. It requires we get out there to people and tell them, look, you don't just say magic Jesus words and think you're good. You need some raw before you can get your shalom. Because Jesus came to you with loving kindness driven, Kesed. It requires an action from us. So I hope we have Shema today now to go tell people who this God is, how he feels about you, how he sees you. And I'm just a redneck doing the best I can. A Texan way over here in Texas on the other side of the earth from Israel, trying to fish back into some Israelite words, some Jewish words, to try to define them in the best I can in my limited English to try to tell you who our God is from a Jewish perspective the best I can. And to all my Jewish friends that just heard me totally blow this, give me an A for effort. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you that you give us the opportunity to live our lives in repentance. And you grant us that. Thank you for your loving kindness that was driven to come after us. Thank you, God, that you are motivated for your people. Not just, well, you know, I'll let them make a choice and that's up to them. No, you came to get us. You put in work. Went all the way to the cross to die. And now you're wanting us to listen and respond to get rid of this blemish and give us peace. Thank you, Father God. You didn't have to do it. But you sent your Mashiach, the Messiah, to come and die for us in our place. And you have given us so much truth to this. And I read this truth about how you really wanted me. And I say, Lord, amen. I confirm it. I agree with it. I support it. I want it. I want the peace. I want what you have offered me in the blood of your son. Father, thank you so much. Lord, I'm just a a Gentile doing the best I can, preaching about Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus Messiah. That us Gentiles, we are so foreign to this. It's so weird to us. Lord, I had a hard time just explaining a name, a word that seemed to have two opposite meanings, but it didn't. Lord, that was hard enough to explain. We Gentiles are so far removed, Lord God, we are so distant. You could have looked at us and said, you're just too far away. Too bad for you, but you came for us anyway. That is driven, Kesed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for that, Lord God. I accept your shalom that you have given me. I accept that in the grace of Jesus Christ. Thank you for coming to get us, Lord God. I pray that everybody hears this today. They go out with a better understanding of who you are and who we are so that we can understand our fellowship with you better. Thank you, Lord God. You didn't have to, but you did. And for that, I say, Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now I've got this tendency to want to say Amen now instead of Amen, but it's all good, okay? Amen, Amen, Pedro, Peter, Raymond, Ramon, whatever you want to do. So thank you all for being here. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Aren't you glad we have a God like the one we read? It's not, aren't you glad it's not the God you made up a long time ago when you were a mess? Okay, I'm glad to have the Word of God to read to find out who He says He is. It's a lot better than the version I came up with. 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.